Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Kylie Camps, and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking and cultivating more self-love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant, and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space, and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. I wanted to sit down and have a little chat with you today and share a couple of tips, I guess, um, that I've learned from my own personal experience about how to create healthy boundaries for social media use and just creating habits around how much you use social media. And I wanted to do this episode right now because I am coming straight off the back of one week completely off social media And I have to tell you, it feels really good. And I can't recommend a little social media detox enough. Social media has definitely woven its way into the fabric of our everyday life. And there are so many positives of it. I'm a huge proponent of the positives of social media. If it wasn't for Instagram, I'm not sure that my life trajectory, (laughs) the career that I have, I guess, carved out would have come about in this way. I'm really thankful for Instagram. I love the community there. Like I said, there are so many positives and likewise with Facebook and Snapchat and all the other mediums that are emerging. But like anything in life, there are two sides to the stick. And unfortunately, there are some negative implications of using social media too much or using it without intention. And so today I wanted to share with you a couple of things that I've learned over the last, I don't know, seven years of using it quite prolifically. And hopefully one or two or all of these tips will be helpful for you. Firstly, it's important to understand that social media is built for addiction. It is built to really, really maintain a big presence in your life. When you think about your social media platforms, and again, whatever one it is, they're all bottomless. They're built to just be continually going on without prompting you to exit. And I've been reading some really interesting articles about the psychology of this. And I speak a lot about the path of least resistance because as humans, that's what we crave. We want the easiest route often in a lot of areas. And so... When you think of 
platforms like Netflix, they make it really easy for you to keep watching by having the autoplay function and it just removes that choice for you to exit. Where And it's the same with you know Instagram, your feed just keeps scrolling, your newsfeed, it just goes on and on and on and there are so many different avenues, so many different little wormholes that you can go down and I'm sure that we can all relate to that. I will put my hand up and say there have been plenty of times that I've ended up down some random Instagram loophole looking at someone's page through someone, through someone, through someone and thinking, wow, why am I even looking at this? It has nothing to do with me. And it's just so easy to lose yourself in the ease of getting caught there. And it's the same with Facebook. It's just never ending. So there's no, you know, option that asks you, are you finished scrolling now? Do you want to exit? Or there's no physical click over to a new page, if that makes sense. So just being mindful that these platforms are built to keep us on the platform. And that's for their own benefit, because the more active users they have, the more that they can um, monetize the platform ultimately. So just being aware of that. And also to bringing some awareness to the fact that the whole notifications and refreshing and ambiguity of what will be in store for you really mirrors gambling. There are some really brilliant articles out there and I can link them in the show show notes if I remember about how these platforms are designed to mimic using like a pokey or a slot machine because we go to the platform and we have to pull down refresh and for that split second or split nanosecond however long it is we have that little thrill that little rush of what's going to be on the other side so it's kind of a bit of I guess gamification and that can keep us our brain that reward center in our brain lighting up and it keeps us wanting to go back for more so just knowing those things is important because if you're using social media every day, you want to have, I guess, the broader knowledge that yes, whilst it can be there to serve you, often you end up being the one serving social media by being an active user for far too long. And when I say far too long, I mean for that one particular session. And we've all done it. Like I said, we've all spent way too long on there at different times. But These are a couple of things that I have learned and that have made a really big difference to my mindset when it comes to these platforms. So first and foremost, I would highly, highly recommend turning off your notifications. Remove them so that you're not seeing your phone light up every time someone likes a post or sends a comment or sends a direct message. Because when you see that, it's a visual prompt to pull you out of the moment that you're currently in. And it could be as simple as one of your children is talking to you, they're asking a question, but out of the corner of your eye, you see your phone light up. And automatically your brain's going to wonder, oh, what's that? Who's that? What's happening over there? And it just takes you out of the moment or if you're in conversation with a friend or whatever it is or you're driving. So just removing those notifications, that pull will keep you present in the moment or keep you more present um, in the moment that you're currently in. And there's so much data to suggest the power of being mindful and doing the task at hand. 
So turn off notifications for all platforms, for Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever you've got going on. I've not gone down the rabbit hole of TikTok, although my five and a half year old niece has and she really enjoys it. But whatever apps you have on your phone, turn the notifications off and same for emails. Just when you do that, you'll find that when you then go into the app, you can be a little more intentional with using it. The next thing that I wanted to suggest is to clean up your follow list. Clean up the people that you're following. It's easy to click follow on all sorts of accounts, but if you're anything like me, you might end up following a whole bunch of people that you don't personally know and aren't really bringing value to your life. And that sounds a little bit cutthroat, but if you have too many people that you're following, ultimately you're going to end up not seeing the people that you want to see often. And so many of us aren't interacting with the accounts that we really do want to see. So therefore, I believe the algorithm doesn't put them in front of you. So you might find yourself having to always search for your favorite account to see what they're up to. Whereas if you just clean up your follow list and you remove the accounts that you don't really want to follow or don't bring you value or worse, accounts that make you feel poorly, then you're not going to have to actively seek out the positive ones. And it just makes everything easier. And if you do minimize the list of people that you're following, one of the best effects of that is Instagram will let you know that you've caught up on all of the posts. So if you're prone to just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, but you only have a small following list and you just stay on the newsfeed, Instagram will prompt you not necessarily to exit the app because they don't have that, but they'll let you know, hey, you're all caught up. You've seen everyone's post. Um, And that could be a prompt for you to exit or often it will be a prompt for people to go in and have a look at the explore page or go down one of those rabbit holes that I've spoken about. But clean up who you're following. Just sit down, have a look through that list And you might find that you don't even recognize a lot of the people you've clicked follow on or you've forgotten the people that you do want to follow for whatever reason. It's easy with social media to just get caught up in someone else's highlight reel, but you do have a choice on who you're introducing into your life via your phone. You're holding it in your hand. You have a choice who you bring into your home. So don't you know, give up that control easily. Next up is bringing awareness to when you check social media and when do you want to check social media. So often we'll find ourselves just scrolling away with our thumbs, checking social media, even when we don't necessarily want to, or we're not even taking it in super consciously. It becomes an unconscious habit. And that unconscious habit is never more prevalent, like you never notice it more than when you delete Instagram from your phone for the first time. I can remember the first time I did it, I was like, holy shit, my habit to just pick up my phone and tap to where the Instagram icon was, was purely habitual. It was like I was on autopilot. So you might find that if you do decide to go down the path of taking a break from the gram or Facebook or whatever it is, that it's like an inbuilt system that you've created. So my tip is to think about when do you want 
to check social media. When would be a good time for you? Because if you're intentional about it, you might realize, okay, I'm waking up and I'm checking it first thing in the morning and some people might love it. They might go, oh, that's great. That's my, that's my wake up. That's, I really enjoy it. I enjoy rolling over, grabbing my phone, having a look at what's going on and then I get up and start my day. But for a lot of people, you might realize, oh, actually that's not the best way for me personally to start my day. So if we ever want to change anything in life, the first thing is to be objective and notice notice what's happening. Um, And when I say objective, I mean that just purely without judgment, without berating yourself, without beating yourself up, but going, oh yeah, that's what I do. And I can definitely share with you years ago, that's what I did. I would roll over, pick up my phone first thing in the morning before I'd even put my contact lenses in and just check it. And it would really run the risk of setting the tone of my day if I opened the app and there was something negative there or getting flooded with other people's lives. It's just, for me, not a good way to start my day. So when do you personally want to check it? Is it a good time for you if you decide, you know what, I'm not going to actually check in until my lunch break at work and I'm going to set aside half an hour where I can really absorb what's going on? Or is the best time for me on my commute, on the train into work? Just when is a good time for you? And then once you know that data, once you have an idea and it might take some trial and error on when is a good time for you, when do you want to, it's then all about creating the habit of sticking to that commitment. And if the habit doesn't work, then creating a system. So firstly, creating the habit can be really tricky because you might have to break another habit first. So you might even want to utilize a system before trying to build the habit. And when I use the term system, I mean having a strategy like if you don't want to check social media first thing in the morning, then delete it off your phone at night or moving the icon to a different screen, just making it a little bit trickier for you, or even just the act of logging out, because then you won't be able to just pick your phone up and go straight into it. Personally, I like the idea of deleting it from your phone to build that habit and to create that system, because it just, again, it makes it trickier to just dip straight into it, and it will give you a little chance to pause and reflect on why why you're having to download the app again or log back in. It also may be as simple as changing your alarm tone. (laughs) And this is a little hack that I've used personally for probably the last six months is I guess with everything that I've gone through this year, um, it's been tough. And I've definitely had moments where I felt out of alignment and I've had to use systems to bring myself back in. And so one thing that I did was I changed my alarm tone to a song that talks about how you don't want to wake up to bright lights. It's a Ziggy Albert song. And if you know the one that I'm talking about in the song, he says, um, I can't even think of the words, but it's basically saying he doesn't want to wake up to bright lights on his phone, you know, of pictures and makeup. And so that's my alarm tone on the days that I have to set an alarm And that's just a cue for me to remind myself, oh yeah, I don't want to wake up to bright lights. That's no good for me. And it reminds me, okay, rather than going straight to my phone, get up, open the curtains, get some natural sunlight on my eyes. And it's just a much better day 
a better way, excuse me, to start my day. So you might find that you need some systems before you can create those habits, but you can definitely create new habits. You just have to, just need to have a strong enough why, I guess. And so that's where being mindful and objectives comes into place. The next one is have a bedtime for social media and actually have a bedtime for your phone. So many of us fall into the habit of not having a transition period between being awake and trying to sleep and then we wonder why we can't sleep. Adults are just like kids in the sense that we really thrive if we have a period of time where we signal to our body and our mind that it is time to end the day and that we are winding down. Not only does the whole gamification and reward center in our brain lighting up impact our ability to wind down and not off. It's also the light that's emitted from the screens of our devices. It can disrupt our melatonin production. It can disrupt our sleep cycles and it just generally makes it harder to fall asleep. So having a bedtime for your phone is a really cool habit to introduce because it's going to help you improve your sleep and so many other areas of your life. And I'm the biggest fan of really just advocating how important sleep is. Obviously, I'm a baby and child sleep consultant, but sleep's incredibly important for every single human being. We need it. And when it's compromised, every other area of our life is as well. Now, there's no magic time that your phone bedtime should be because we're all so different. Some people do really well off going to bed earlier. Some people can manage staying up to like 11 o'clock or midnight and then they get their seven or eight hours on the other side of that. So just having a little think about your own lifestyle and when is a great time for you to go to bed and then an hour before that could become the bedtime for your phone. And bedtime for your phone could mean turning it off. It could just mean leaving it outside of your bedroom. It could mean putting it on flight mode or grayscale just so that you're not tempted to check in. And this can be a really tricky one to establish, but it will make a big difference. The next thing I wanted to suggest is to trial logging out of social media for your weekends. And the reason I want to suggest it is because I know a lot of people listening have children. And a couple of years ago, I had a bit of a light bulb moment. I was thinking about how the boys would be going to school soon and how they're growing up in a really digital age and eventually they will be exposed to social media. And just also thinking about how Nowadays, bullying isn't just in the schoolyard. It really does follow you home via your device and via social media. And I I just, I guess I had a vision of, you know, one of the boys or either of the boys coming to me and saying, oh, mum, someone said this mean thing about me online. <laughs> I hope they come to me. More likely they'll be brooding and I'll have to dig it out of them. But just understanding that there is the potential for them to feel bullied via an online platform and it will be you know up to me to help them through that and I really like one of the things that I live by is yes use your words talk to me communicate with me but I really watch actions actions speak so much louder than words and if I keep that in mind and think of that conversation with my kids in regards to bullying online 
I could tell them, you know, it's only online, it can't hurt you or, um, you know, it's okay to feel this way or like break it down and go through that whole thing with them. But if they know, if they know that their mum is continually online, they're not going to understand that there is a clear division between real life and online. They're going to think that online is an extension of me as a person and therefore online could be an extension of them as a person because it's just so deeply woven into our lives. And so I wanted to model healthy social media use. I wanted to bring back the weekends. I want them to know that social media is great, but at the end of the day, it is just an app on your phone. And while it has so many wonderful benefits and such a long list of great things about it, that's not where we live. We live in the real world. And so that's why, you might have just heard Lou um, growl then, that's why I wanted to delete social media for the weekends. The other part of it is with really young children who are susceptible to learning everything (laughs) because we are role models whether we like it or not. Sometimes it's great and other times you think, fuck. Um, But the other thing is with social media use and this I could be skewed completely in a different, I guess, level of this because of um, the way that I work, but I didn't want the boys to see me sharing things all the time. It's important to be mindful of that. I didn't want them to grow up thinking that they need to broadcast every little thing that they do because then they might run the risk of really seeking that extrinsic validation, wanting people to approve of what they're doing. And it can be a slippery slope even as an adult. So I didn't want them to grow up thinking that's what they had to do. So that's why I've always tried to be. Sometimes I get it right and sometimes I don't mindful of what I do in front of them. So that was another reason for logging out. Also too, just noting how many experiences people are trying to see through their phones. It's, I remember seeing fireworks on a New Year's Eve and parents were filming the fireworks and missing what was happening in that moment and how often are we going to look back on a video of fireworks? I don't know, maybe you will. Me personally, I would never scroll back through my phone to watch fireworks. Fireworks are something that happen live and there's that special moment, that wonderment that your child might experience or it might be fear if they're anything like one of mine the first time he saw fireworks. But I guess my point is we are all so quick to try and capture every moment that maybe we're missing the experience in that actual moment. And so not having social media on the weekends has been one of the best things I've done for my mental health and wellness, but also for the connection with my kids And also for what I think I'm teaching them just through role modeling. So it might be something that you want to try as well. And like I said, I understand I'm skewed towards the end of overusing social media purely because that's a business and it's a platform that I use in so many different ways. But that's not to say that the everyday person listening hasn't also experienced those feelings as well, maybe to a different degree. But it could just be something that you want to introduce so that you're teaching your children, hey, 
it's important to look up, put the phone down and be really aware of where we actually do live. Now, the next and final little point that I wanted to share with you is to really ask yourself, what are your intentions for social media use? <laughs> Lou's growling, but I'll just keep going forward, um, mainly because I'm having surgery today and I just need to keep moving. But anyway, so asking yourself, what are your intentions for use? Example, is it to create a positive connection with other people? Are you using social media for community or are you using it more like a journal to, to document different stages and phases in your life, different moments, or is it a business? What is your primary use for social media? And just think of a couple of words surrounding that, because if you have clarity on what you're using it for and you identify that, it can make it easier than when you're out of alignment. So say, for example, you realize, okay, I use social media for community because perhaps you're a new mum, you're feeling isolated and knowing that other mums are going through similar things really helps you. So you have that clarity on your primary use for it. If you find yourself going down a rabbit hole of gossiping, being unkind, sending unkind messages about other women, that should be a red flag to you that it's not you're not in alignment with what you intend to use social media for. And when you ask yourself, what are you, are you using it for? What's the main reason? It could come really easily to you. It could be, oh, I'm using it to motivate myself on a health and fitness journey. And then all of a sudden you'll go, oh, that's what I'm using it for. So then you might go through your follow list and remove people that don't align with that. Or you might go, you know what? I really only use Instagram to save moments in my life. Like I wanted to, you know, capture all of the highlights from whatever year it is. And then you might go, oh, because that's my primary use, I actually don't want a lot of strangers following me. So I'll flick it to private or I'll go through the people that I'm following and realize I really only want to follow people that I know in real life. It just gives you a little more intel, a little more purpose, um, gives you more of a reason to be really, really mindful with your social media use. So I hope that this has been a helpful episode for you. And if you've enjoyed it, <laughs> it sounds really counterintuitive to say this after an episode on social media, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you've enjoyed it, I would super appreciate you taking a screenshot and sharing it on your platform because one of the reasons that I personally use social media is one of my purposes in life is to really make a difference in the lives of women. And I know that sounds a little cliche, a little corny, but I like that broad term because it could be making a difference in just the smallest way. It could just be one mum listening out there who decides to take the weekend off Instagram and all of a sudden she realizes that it makes a really profound positive impact on her life and then it's all worth it for me. So it could be a small change, a big change, but one of the ways to get my message out there is social media. So I would appreciate it if you do share my podcast with your tribe. It means the world to me. My Instagram handle is at 
Kylie Camps. If you enjoy the podcast, then I'm sure that you'll enjoy following along on social media. And if you don't, I'm completely not offended if you decide to unfollow. Have an amazing day and I'll chat with you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.